0: All right, friends, on today's episode, we're going to get back to talking about free agents, the Twins sign that you have no recollection of. But before we get to that, Dave Brown and I are going to talk about some arbitration figures that have been settled or exchanged. And I'm going to pick his brain, too, about Michael A. Taylor. So that and more coming to you today on Locked on Twins. You are locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hey! welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warden, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And back and ready to go, as far as I know, is... uh, Answer, Dave Brown. Dave Brown, how are we this eve?
1: Uh, you're, you're correct, as far as you knew. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. We're preparing for more snow in the Kansas cities as opposed to the Twin Cities. Ah, um,
0: yeah, there's two Kansas cities, right?
1: There are two Kansas cities. Yes, there's one that's you know got good Mexican food on the Kansas side, and then there's Kansas City that has all the stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that reminds me of like Fargo-Moorhead more than it does Minneapolis-St. Paul, but it is what it is. Um, how much snow are you guys expecting?
1: Uh, this time, maybe three inches. Of course, last time we got more than they said we would. I mean, we they were expecting maybe four or five, and we got eight, so.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. I think Minnesota will get hit, but unclear how, how that's going to affect uh, me specifically, but. I digress. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. And again, we love to hear you be active in the comments. We've got a very fun thumbs up guy in the comments. And I'd like to encourage people to thumbs up the actual show, the actual on the screen, because uh, it's good for us. It helps us move up the algorithm, that funky algorithm that uh, makes more people see our videos, which is the goal here. So uh, today's episode, though, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with any $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And I also, too, want to mention the 24-7 channel, which is actually kind of a fun new development. Locked on has Launch that channel. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And uh, Dave Brown, I want to talk to you about the arbitration numbers that have been agreed upon and uh, one that's also pending. And then I uh, again, I say I wanted to pick your brain on Michael A. Taylor, and, and more or less just really want to get to the crux of um, what his contract should look like. And with Byron Buxton preparing in earnest to play center field, it may not matter at all. But until Michael A. Taylor signs somewhere or Byron Buxton plays a game in center to start the season, I think it's still viable fodder. Now. Um, Actually, let's talk about that first. Michael A. Taylor. Uh, I I posited this theory on Twitter, but it came to me actually while I was uh, at the gym, believe it or not. And uh, it just kind of occurred to me that you really can't expect Michael A. Taylor to sign for less than Harrison Bader and Kevin Kiermaier, can you?
1: Oh. uh, Bader, maybe, but I, I Kiermaier, I think, is in a higher class. I could, you know. That's just my impression. So <clears throat> more money than Bader, uh, possibly, although it seems like Bader has more of an upside offensively that people might dig, and I think he's two years younger.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Kiermaier yeah. is
1: older but more established, so um, so I would guess somewhere around closer to Bader pay, I would say, than, uh, than Kiermaier.
0: Well, I mean, I kind of set you up there because they're making the same amount of money.
1: Oh, really? That's crazy. Ten and a half. Uh, that's, uh, that's, it's, you know, I, I sometimes I forget that it's about um, make me look like a jerk, will you? No. yeah, I, I forget that it's, it's more about how long you've played than how well. So yeah. I, I would you know, rather pay Kevin Kiermaier that money. Uh, I, so Taylor made four and a half last year, and he's... But he's a free agent, right? So I yeah, guess they're yeah. all are free
0: agents. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's like if I look at Michael A. Taylor as a player and I'm a GM, I'm thinking like eh, eight million, seven. you know, that's a number I can really wrap my head around. Uh, but then again, he'd have to be my starting center fielder. And uh, I just don't know if I want to hand those reins over or even anything close to that. I think I'd want to find the new Michael A. Taylor, who is maybe year four, a couple beers left, or something like that, as opposed to paying market rate. Now, with that said, probably don't need Michael A. Taylor at all if you have any belief that Buxton is going to be healthy because Willie Castro, who agreed to a, a deal today, is an option out there. There's a few other options. Uh, it doesn't make sense to uh, tie yourself to Byron Buxton plus a market rate Michael A. Taylor, as I guess the, the conclusion that I've come to because I think he does probably have a right to hold out for, say, nine million dollars this year
1: he's got a right i'm not sure who his agent is but um you know and i think what's that it's not jeff fry (laughs) okay (laughs) um the thing that's kind of that always uh, not always it bothered me a little bit about taylor is he's he's kind of like buxton you know they're Mm. both right-handed hitters uh once in a while, they'll step into a home run. Buxton obviously has more power, but
0: he's, he's literally, we have Byron Buxton at home,
1: right? <laughs> yes. so, like
0: that joke where it's like, you want, that, why bring, go out
1: for it when we have it at home? Yeah. yeah you
0: want to bring home Dave Batista, the former famous wrestler. And instead at home, you have the toothless guy from tiger King back when COVID hit who kind of so, looked
1: right.
0: messed up uh, Batista, kind of the same concept.
1: I don't know. I, I think Michael Taylor has more teeth, but um, yeah, he's too much. I mean, it, you know, if you if you're figuring the Bucks isn't going to be out there, that's one thing. Yeah. But to sort of maximize your, I would just like for him to be a different person. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, no, I get it.
0: I get it. And Emmanuel Rodriguez as an option is there too. He's not really played in the
1: How upper old is mind. he? What's that? How old is Emmanuel Rodriguez?
0: Is he twenty? early twenties. I'd say like 22. I'll, I'll pull it up just to be sure. But since he's on the 40, it kind of, you know, it kind of hastens that pace. Uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez is 31, but that is the boxer. Uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez is 20. He turns 21 on uh, the day before leap day. So, um, leap day this year, kind of a fun little, actually, it's not that fun. Um, it's just an extra day of spring training, which I'm sure players absolutely adore. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I think they would maybe throw him into the fire uh, if that was the case. Which, whoo, see what happens, I guess.
1: That doesn't seem like a Twins kind of move to speed up some guy from the minor leagues who's a pretty good prospect. To, you know, the sooner that we gotta pay him, or I don't even know if we have Super Two status anymore, but that kind of well, thing.
0: The last time they did it was Aaron Hicks in 2013, and it went poorly.
1: Right. And that's that's a that's a ways ago. That's different, uh, practically, at a different administration, though. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, I, I I would rather get a different kind of player. Uh, although, uh, you know, I do like the right handedness of yeah Michael A. Taylor, but uh, he just seems a little redundant. Which was good last year for Buxton, but let's let's hope that Buxton can get out there more this year. Let's get a different guy.
0: So the ARB figures that have been agreed to are Willie Castro at 3.3 mil, Kyle Farmer at 6.3 with a 625 mutual option for 2025. That's got a 250k buyout. Alex Kirilov, 1.35 mil, Jorge Alcala, 790,000 with a 1.5 mutual option. Buyout on that is 55k. I've never seen a buyout of $55,000. That to me is hilariously low. Um, Ryan Jeffers 2.425 4, 2. million and Caleb Thielbar three point two two five million, and that leaves, I believe, Nick Gordon as the only one unsigned. Tricky with him because he barely played last year, and when he did, he was quite bad. So I'm not really sure what that's going to look like, but certainly how about, curious.
1: How about the the career comeback of Caleb Thielbar, guaranteeing himself? Although I suppose he could be, they could let it, they could still let him go in spring training, couldn't they? For a certain amount, no, nope, not anymore. I guess that's well, not I, anymore.
0: They're guaranteed now with the new CBA.
1: Oh, I'm behind on everything. I don't know how much Michael A. Taylor's making. I don't know the CBA details, but anyway. So my point, much better now. Than, yeah, you know, Caleb Deolbar, a guy who was you know on the verge of never playing again at one point, as uh, one of the better left-handed relievers of his kind in the league, and. He's got $3 million plus to prove it.
0: The dude was literally coaching baseball in college before he came back. Like you could not be any more finished than I'm coaching baseball in South Dakota for a college. So yeah, uh really fun story that uh, that we get to relive every time he comes in, which is, is actually kind of fun. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick second. We'll talk about, our friends at Jace medical and then we will um, we'll get back to talking about our favorite players that uh, nobody remembers so pretty standard for me honestly but first a word from Jace Medical And Dave uh, Jace Medical wants us to know that uh, while we come to this show to escape, the reality of real life uh for a minute i just want to, we they just want to bring up the uh possibility of preparing for real life issues now we're expecting snow both you and i in our present locations and that can be complicating if it gets to be really bad but also too, just supply chain issues and that sort of thing uh the fda says pharmacies are running out of antibiotics just basic ones like amoxicillin in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade which is super scary. So if if my family was to be sick and you couldn't get the the vitamins and minerals that you need, actually it's probably more antibiotics, but stick with me here. Um, you know if a supply chain issue was being bothersome with that, it would certainly be nice to have a backup plan and thankfully we'd be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and many others. That stuff can happen to any of us. Visit JACE Medical, that's J-A-S-E Medical, and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use our code locked on for 20 bucks off your first order. That's Jace medical, JASE medical, J A S E medical.com. All right, Dave, let's get back to our uh, free agents that everybody forgot the twins ever signed. And we're into 2005. We talked about. Uh, actually we've already done three players in January, Andy Fox, uh, utility man, extraordinaire, Eric Munson, uh, catcher, third base, first base type. And then CJ Nitkowski of the, uh, it's okay, son, when your dad pitches poorly, we're the ones that have to move. Um, that was a fun story. Uh, January 27th though, three days later, Armando Rios, the twins bring in, um, you know, uh an accomplished big leaguer, not, uh, you know, not a ton of experience, but a thousand plus big league plate appearances uh, at this point had not, had not played in the big leagues in over a year and never did resurface. But, um, you know, he had a couple pretty good years with San Fran in 99 and uh, 2000, 2001 wasn't too bad. Um, He got two games with the pirates, (laughs) which is uh, interesting to me. Um traded traded with Ryan Vogelsong, who will make an appearance later for Jason Schmidt and John Vanderwall. Uh that is a trade where you can definitely remember some guys, Dave Brown.
1: John Vanderwall, uh oddly spelled Dutch name, good pinch hitter, Pirates, uh Rockies. Don't remember his contribution to anything. I feel like he was an expo maybe Oh that's definitely true. And then uh Rocky uh
0: I was thinking Miami but I think I'm thinking of Todd Hollins right there.
1: Um who we, and, and Rios was linked to Balco. He, he even testified at a trial against Barry Bonds although looking at looking at that up I don't think he uh he heard him too bad. I think he said something like, "Well, no, we didn't really talk about steroids." So I don't know if they pulled like a Godfather or 2 on him and brought his brother in from out of town so he wouldn't snitch on Bonds. But uh, he, he he was called to testify and said, uh, you know, steroids? i never heard of him. So.
0: And his brother is not Alex Rios, I don't believe. No, so, they are uh, from
1: different worlds.
0: Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so Armando Rios, another guy who came in and, um, you know, plenty of big league time, never surfaces with the Twins' career. Is over at that point, but again, not somebody who I had ever, um, you know, really thought about as a twin. But June 16th of that year, the twin signed, And uh, I'm not sure you'll remember that this guy was in the twins organization at all. He ended up having a six-year big league career, 670 plate appearances, played for, we could do this, uh, started with the Yankees in 2014, then the Padres for parts of four years I hear you typing. Don't cheat. Toronto sure he- in 2018. And then a brief cup of coffee with San Francisco in 2019. I think of him as a second baseman, but he's a utility infielder. Do you have any idea who I'm talking about? Is it Austin Romine? Jan Hervis Solarte. <laughs> so, family show. Off, yeah, exactly. Offensive, offense first infielder. Uh, twins. Lose him in minor league free agency in 2000 and let's see 2011 signs with the Rangers, free agent signs with the Rangers, free agent signs with the Yankees. And then he's traded for uh, Chase Headley traded for Edward Olivares. Uh, so career over though. Uh, released August 27th, 2020 by the Braves, which I think coincides with about the midpoint of that shortened season but Salarte, 6.9 career baseball reference war decent little career carved out over a guy who was a minor league free agent. Um, always, always surprised or always interested me to keep up with him because I knew he'd been a twin in the farm system.
1: Yeah, he was a guy, he was, uh, I'm trying to think of a good comp. He, t- he was a, like a power hitting corner infielder. He put some years together where he hit some, some pretty decent home runs. Um, yep. and I remember, uh, tragically at one point to uh, his wife dying uh, oh yeah dying. I hadn't thought about that that's right so uh, I, I knew that I had remembered him from somewhere but um, so he was uh you know it's a guy who you know was living the dream but it just those kinds of things can happen to anybody and it's just <laughs> uh, it's a it's a tough planet we live on you know I mean you, you you're not spared just because you're a ball player. It's uh, any, it can happen anywhere. So it's a, it's a sad thing, but I remember um, that was, uh, you know, he was uh, probably one of those guys who was a replacement level fantasy kind of a player, but had a, you know, carved himself out a, a nice little career for a few years with a number of teams.
0: Well, and you, there are a lot of leagues out there where if you can plug in 10, 12, 15 home runs and second base eligibility, that's a player you'll, pick up late in drafts and not be too yeah, upset about. True. Yeah. Uh, a player they picked up early that off season that everyone was upset about eventually. Uh, Tony Batista. Mm. Tony Batista turned 50 in December. Um, absolutely dreadful with the twins. Uh, you know, he was kind of the litmus test for like the steroid era and how bad you could actually be and still right. hit homers with 100 plus RBIs. Uh 307 on base, 100 or 102 OPS plus. But um by this point he was pretty well cooked. Did turn up with the Nationals the next year. Um showed a little better plate discipline surprisingly enough at age 33 and then was out of the league. The thing I remember about him it's batting stance Besides that, he would wear his back pockets flipped out so that the kids watching would know he didn't have tobacco in his back pockets. Right. And then every time there was a pop-up by third base at the Metrodome, it felt like he would just kind of mosey over to it and then not catch it and mosey back. And he had like this kind of gait of like, I don't know, he he had a little bit of a belly. So he just – he did not look like he belonged out there as a big leaguer at third base. And uh, the Twins quickly found out that um, he was good and cooked.
1: Right. Uh, a guy uh, w- with that open stance took yep. big cuts, big swings. You know, like you said, he had 40 home runs, 41 home runs one season. Had like 200 and something in his career. So he could put some pop on it, made a couple all-star teams. And, I mean, he had – he, you know he's better than uh, Yang Irvis, but he was uh, yeah. By the time he got to the Twins, even in his early 30s, uh, I'm not sure if he had an injury in 2005 or what. After I think he after the Expos let him go, but um, right yeah he was not uh, much of a of a help to the, the pennant drive in 06.
0: Yeah, and I can't um... yeah they ended up going to Nick Punto who played third the rest of the way and uh, he had a pretty nice little run there. That 06 team is kind of the great what-if, because if Francisco Liriano doesn't get hurt, you're going Santana Liriano, Radke. Radke retired after that season. Um, And then you have Booth Bonzer, You have you know a few other guys. Uh, that gives you a chance in the postseason. Liriano gets hurt, and uh, that's kind of that. But uh, Tony Batista, I always wondered how Batista didn't get uh, busted under the hands more often, or maybe that's why his on base was like three hundred every year's. Because, well,
1: he, was, he would, it would his batting stance, of course, would start super open, like he'd be facing the pitcher, but you know, almost like he's got a samurai sword. Yep. And uh, but then he would close at the last minute. So I don't know if that if the closing. So, actually, when he began his swing, I'd have to go look at at the video. How open was he by the time the ball got there? I don't know.
0: There's times where it almost looked like the bat bisected his two eyes. Right. And then he would turn in, and then his legs would follow. And I feel like when the leg turns, you're going to be susceptible inside. Now, I could be wrong, because if it doesn't turn all the way, you do leave space. It's just, to me... The mechanics of it never worked, and I think there's a reason why he is a one and only who hit that way.
1: Right. Well, I think some of it is, well, you, the idea of an open stance, I think a batting coach would tell you, is that you have two eyes on the ball. Because a lot of times when you have a closed stance or yep. uh, you know, even or whatever, your uh, inner eye, your I guess if a right-handed batter, your right eye, doesn't always see the ball the whole way. So that's the advantage of doing that. But like you said, there's disadvantages to doing it too. And that, that could be one reason why he was kind of inconsistent, maybe not from year to year, but he had some clinkers in there. And at the end, he, he wasn't able to uh, make that stance work anymore.
0: Especially. Yeah. I mean, early thirties, you know, guys do decline at that point for reasons, any number of reasons, but It is, I think, certainly possible that, too, it was just uh, more gimmicky and uh, not likely to work out over the long haul. Let's talk about our friends at FanDuel, and then when we come back, we'll wrap it up with a handful of uh, names that I'm sure you and I will remember fondly, and hopefully the listeners will as well. But first, a word from FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but... Things are still hot with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. As any $5 bet, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. There's same game live parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, which they just released a little while ago, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find popular parlays. And beyond that, still many, many, many more options that I couldn't even begin to explain on an, uh, a reading like this. It's, it's absolutely fantastic the number of different ways and varieties they have for you to get in on the action. And again, new customers, 150 bucks in bonus bets just for placing a $5 bet, guaranteed. So visit fanduel.com slash on. Make your first bet a winner. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, Dave Brown, we have made it to the end of 2005, and the Twins signed Sean Wooten. But I already kind of, Woo. I already, yeah, I already kind of told my good Sean Wooten story, which was not that good of a story, but um, yeah, well, I, got well, to, I, got then. <laughs> I got to know his wife, which was um, lovely lady, very nice. And
1: uh Came into the UPS store.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, But I tell you what, I, I had some really funny chance encounters there. Uh Anthony Carter, who, not that Anthony Carter, uh the backup point guard for the
1: Timberwolves around this time, oh. used to come in.
0: AC, uh, I think he went to a college in like Hawaii, but great, great that dude. He did,
1: to- Anthony Carter, he went to Hawaii. He actually went to Hawaii. I saw him play a game. I saw them beat Kansas. Did they beat Kansas? Yeah, I saw Anthony Carter beat Kansas in hawaii i was on vacation i was a young man this is like 99 or so maybe okay and um oh yeah i remember him and alika smith the honolulu born uh, shooting guard this doesn't have anything to do with what you're talking about but i was at I first know. i was disappointed that it wasn't anthony carter from the the uh, vikings cuz that would have been really cool but this yep. anthony carter is 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 awesome i love that guy
0: yeah, actually, behind me on the floor, I have an autographed basketball. He signed a basketball for me and for my brother. It was super cool. And my favorite story about him was he'd go up to the fitness center, Lifetime Fitness in Plymouth, and they said he'd be talking on his cell phone and just cooking guys in uh, pickup basketball games. Like, he'd be on his phone just hitting threes. One-handed playing basketball? Just doing whatever, like on his phone and running. They said that's, <laughs> how, that's how good a backup point guard is. Right. Yeah. Um, just just an incredible incredible athlete and a good dude but um i met Rashad McCants one time that was weird uh Everson Griffin we had a few people come in that were uh pretty interesting and i became actually pretty pretty good friends with Scott Leis of 1991
1: Airy the lead why don't you that's awesome yeah. right-handed platoon third baseman
0: yeah so my story with Leis and this is actually kind of fun too uh he's from uh Yonkers so he's got kind of that Yankee or not Yankee, but New York exterior. Yeah, and so he comes in, and he's actually much more like stout than he looked, uh-huh. uh, but built. Like he was in his, uh, he was probably in like his late forties then, and still looked just built. And uh, I'm like, oh, hey, Scott Leas. and he kind of looks at me funny. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan. And he looks at me funny again. I'm like, okay.
1: In the right first, the tackle, inning, sir.
0: in the first inning of Scott Erickson's no hitter you caught a line drive off the bat of, uh, and then he looks at me and he goes, Billy Spires. <laughs> and like it from that point on, he knew I wasn't just somebody making it up. You know, I, right. I actually was a fan of a, a backup third baseman just cause that's, that's who I was. But um, yeah. So I had some fun chance encounters like that. And uh, Sean Wooten's wife happens to be one of them as far as him playing. Uh, kind of a guy who didn't hang on for all that long. I, I want to say he was on that winning Angels team in two
1: thousand three. Uh, you mentioned two thousand two. Uh, you mentioned that yesterday, and I didn't look it up. And I'm going to cheat. And uh. he was yes, <clears throat> and he did well. He was above average. He was a bench guy, but um, yep. this is with you know they were the Anaheim Angels in those days. With the twins and the minors, did he get any minor league time in?
0: Uh, i have to look. Yeah, so see, his his wife was actually a Minnesota native, so they moved back after he retired, and I I don't think he was coaching anymore. So this would have been like, I don't know, 2011, 12 maybe. But he came back, and uh, he was playing town ball. Now, town ball in Minnesota is a – you know, kind of a colloquialism of uh, amateur men's baseball, but I get the highest level in the Minnesota, you know, Twin Cities era.
1: I'm To interrupt, did they play? I mean, town ball is also a precursor of baseball. Did they (laughs) play it like that? Or did they just call it town ball?
0: No, no, it's not like that Conan O'Brien sketch where he plays with the old guys and stuff, which is entertaining as well. Uh, No, it's just like guys who are, you know, college age and maybe not quite good enough to play in the the Northwoods league or that sort of thing. Uh, but still good baseball. And at this point, you know, he's probably 38, 40 years old. And he, I guess he would just show up, rip like three doubles and just take off. And like, again, that's one hand. Right. Exactly. Like it just shows though, how good guys are, um, playing like that. And, uh, again, just incredible that a guy who had been out of the league for that long could come in and dominate. Right. Um, That league also, lots of fun stuff. Uh, One of the teams in my league had, do you remember Mark Hamburger? Oh, yeah. Brewers? Well, so he played in my league, and I didn't face him, but uh, he went to a tryout, Twins signed him, and then traded him for Eddie Gordato to bring Gordato back from Texas. And I want to say he played in the big leagues with Texas. I'm not sure anybody else. Ended up coming back. He played for the Saints, blah, blah, blah. He he got in a lot of time, but never um, in the big leagues with the Twins. And actually, they re signed him. I um, know they signed him in 2007. So we're, we'll come up to that probably in like another episode here. Yeah. But um, then there was a oh, there was a guy named Justin. I can't think of his last name, but he was in the Astros system, uh, the Kevin Goldstein Astros system. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else was there? there? There were a few guys who had played. You know, high level baseball in that league. I faced all Austin Malinowski like a month after the Twins released him, which was terrifying because he threw 83 and had no command from the left side. Uh, That's dangerous. Well, yeah, I mean, the, he got cut because he threw 83 or 85 or whatever, but from the left side with no command, terrifying. And yeah,
1: uh, non major leaguer is obviously going to be a different situation. Yeah. So like John Cruck against Randy Johnson in the yeah. All Star game. But
0: I love that. I love that clip so much. <laughs> Um, December 22nd, twins wait all of one day of 2005 to sign (laughs) Rondell White.
1: Oh yeah. Your guy.
0: And, uh, yeah, the bot something guy. If people have not been paying attention to you and me for the last couple weeks, Rondell White shows up in the Mitchell report with a check written to buy steroids with the memo line, bought something. I think he wrote the check to Kirk Radomsky, if I'm not mistaken. But he became, this was the forum era for me. So I was you know chatting with a lot of people before Twitter on uh, different forums. And actually, my favorite one was baseball.com. I went to baseball.com like an idiot, and there was actually a forum there. And I talked about baseball. But they knew Rondell White as Ron And then Capital D Capital L White, again probably not uh, super nice to call him Ron D L White, but he was on the injured list. I get it, that's not on the injured list a lot. And then when he came back the second year, he had a really good second half after he was just dreadful in the first half. And then he came up, he would walk up to Jay Z's. um, It goes, "Allow me to reintroduce myself." And it was like Rondell's, like, "Oh, I'm back." And then he was just horrible again, and that was pretty much it for him. But um, again, this is the Twins era where they're like maybe trying to find lightning in a bottle. But, um, you know, if you're trying to conduct electricity to find lightning with a Rondell White, it predictably is not going to work.
1: I'm, I've been trying to remember who. Oh, uh, was it Mike Pagliarulo, the other third baseman? Yeah. 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 I wonder, did Mike Pagliarulo go into any mailboxes, etc., or UPS stores? And did did he develop a relationship with that person?
0: Was he a New Yorker too? I can't remember.
1: I know he was a Yankee, and he's Italian, which makes me think. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's from Massachusetts. Those are great Italians in Massachusetts. A little different. That funny accent to go with the Italian. You know, hey, how you doing? Hey.
0: Yeah. Well, so yeah, not a lot of uh, not a lot of excitement over Rondell White. Twins go back to that well a little later with Craig Monroe, but um. Don't have him on my
1: broadcaster.
0: Tigers' corner outfielders. Uh, January 9th, though, so a couple weeks later, twin sign Daryl May. Daryl May is, uh, you know, the the left-handed, I guess, starter with the Royals, lost 19 games in 2004. Um, For whatever reason, I get him confused with... Let's see, there was Daryl May, there was Jimmy Gobble, and then there was Jeremy Affelt, who was the the best one of the three, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Affelt had a career as a reliever with the Giants afterwards.
0: That's who I was confusing him with, because I was like, I'm looking at Daryl May, and I'm like, I thought he was better than this. And no, no, his career ended pretty much as a starter.
1: Gobble also known, uh, I I can't remember exactly why, but he's known as a good friend of Zach Greinke. So uh, he was kind of like, a prospect around the same time so that's why i don't My, know why that it lives to this day that he's their buddies but it, that's one of those things that comes up
0: he's like the brutus the barber to the hulk hogan which is sure. at Granky. Uh, i'm sure that reference does not make sense to you um and that's why oh, i
1: know what you're talking about
0: okay <laughs> uh january 31st twin sign tim raines jr um i would yeah. say of the fail sons and i don't want to be mean and call him a fail son but i I guess I did already uh he probably ranks somewhere above Pete Rose Jr. but not quite to the level of let's say uh Torrey Hunter Jr. who was a, a an accomplished athlete in multiple sports but Tim Raines Jr. did make the major leagues three separate parts of seasons with the Orioles um 544 OPS so we can kind of see why he didn't hang along hang around but uh how's this for a nickname Little Rock.
1: Yes. That's funny, although, you know.
0: Amazing. You can't,
1: you can't uh, it's sort of, you can't help, but, I mean, it's great, but you also sort of can't help but have it as his nickname. You can't, there's nowhere to go. It's got to be Little of, Rock, you know. It's
0: kind of a layup, like the FanDuel ad says. It's
1: a layup. It's a layup with a phone in your hand.
0: Yeah, which is curious because this is a baseball podcast. Um,
1: I like well, this next one. Walk- Anthony Carter.
0: Yeah, that's my fault. The next one I really like and I want to I'm going to put you on trial here. Uh on July 14th, 2006, the Twins signed this guy who came up with the Diamondbacks in 99, had 4 years with them of really good offensive production. Um and then a couple of years with Oakland where he was good and then just kind of tailed off in 05. Uh right-handed hitter, left-handed DH first base type.
1: Was it a Rubio Durazo? Rubio Durazo.
0: I did not realize. So these are his OPS pluses for the first six career seasons of his career 153, 103, 124, 136, 113, 138. Like that's really good offensive production. And he was Travis uh, Yeah. He missed out on the, the Moneyball A's were 02, right? Not 03? Yeah. So he missed out on them. Oh, my goodness. He plays for the A's in 03, walks 100 times, 259 average, 374 on base, 430 slugging. I can't imagine a more Oakland A's-type player than a El Durazo in 2003.
1: And then got MVP votes in, in 04. 23rd. How do you like that? I mean, it's better than I did, for sure. But then, yeah. uh, was he uh, named as a Mitchell? Uh, I don't know. That...
0: It wouldn't, I don't want to say it wouldn't shock me. Uh, oh, here's this, uh, big first baseman Rubio Durazo was raising sp- suspicion. Even at the time, Kurt Schilling says the 2001 world series team was tainted by it. Now, a couple things, uh, <laughs> on the same team, on the same team, Kurt Schilling on the same team, Kurt Schilling, you know, um, so, yeah, n- not not much more needs to be said than that.
1: Taint is a pretty good word when talking about current shilling as well. As yeah, as well. that's the word.
0: If I was to choose words, that's the one I would probably choose as taint. Um, anyway, uh, moving on a week later. so This was in July. Mid-season they signed Durazzo, which is weird because he had not played in the major leagues yet. So I, I suspect that was maybe an opt-out kind of thing or like a – you know, give this guy a chance to go play somewhere, which is strange because in 06, Justin Morneau was in the midst of his MVP campaign. So it wasn't as though the twins had a huge need for a first baseman. Eh, DH probably couldn't have hurt. And we both know Rondell White wasn't playing very well. So I digress. Um, Let's wrap with this one. July 21st, exactly one week later, it's a reunion with Quentin McCracken. Great uh, OG
1: expansion, not OG like, Nineteen sixty one expansion, but for my life, he yeah. was uh he was a he was a Ray and he was a Rocky. and I want to say he was like an expansion player. I don't know if he was like off the expansion list, but one of those times he was an expansion guy, and then he came back and played with another expansion team. I thought that was kind of funny. And I guess uh, the twins are an expansion team too. If you Arizona, to go back to sixty one,
0: Arizona, Tampa, and Colorado. Oh, so he three played of them. For four. Wow. How do you like that?
1: That's pretty couldn't
0: amazing. Have, couldn't have worked it out with the Marlins. I'm looking to see if he signed a minor league deal with them to complete it. but
1: No, we've already got uh, Chuck Carr and Juan Pierre. We don't need Quentin McCracken. That was what they said.
0: Chuck Carr is no longer with us, which is crazy. Like, I just, I don't know. Just uh, I, he,
1: was a, he was a character. He was... Uh,
0: Chucky Hacks 2-0 or whatever.
1: Chucky, yeah, 3-0? Was it 3-0? I don't remember. But Chucky no, no, was no, no,
0: It was like, that's not Chucky's game. Chucky Hacks 3-0.
1: Right. Chucky well, he he thought fifty eight stolen bases once, so he liked to get those singles and then steal second. So
0: yeah, he thought he was Ricky Henderson, but he was more uh oh, I don't know. Not Dave Henderson, but here He had
1: 10 year, he had like eight years in. That was about <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ricky knows a guy like that.
1: Uh well hey, Dave, we still
0: have so many names to get to. Ken Harvey. No relation to Paul Harvey. Um Carmen Cali, Sydney Ponson, Mark oh, nice. Hammer, R.A. Dickey. I'm just, I'm, I'm going in on all these names that we're going to... um
1: Love R.A. Dickey and I remember when the Twins brought him in. Now we're now getting into people I can remember the Twins at least signing.
0: Well, he pitched in the big leagues too for the Twins, yeah. so that counts for something. But... Thanks again, everyone, for hanging out and uh, indulging us in remembering some guys. I've had a few comments of people who have really enjoyed these. If you have not, contact your local representative and tell the Twitter, <laughs> buddy. Um, don't call us. We won't call you. Just sign somebody, all right. This
1: have is you seen, of- I got to tell you, have you seen the movie Let's Go to Prison? Probably not. I don't think so. I don't watch a lot of movies. Good for you. It's uh, It'll rot your brain. All right, I I won't get into the anecdote then, but it was it's funny. It's it, it, I'm playing off your uh, you know talk to your representative because there's a scene in the movie where uh, the the guys go to prison, as they say in the title, and the warden's like, if you have any complaints, and the the actor is Dylan Baker, who if you watched movies you'd recognize, you know just write it on a note, and put that note in an envelope and stamp it, and then stick it up your booty, and then, that was the joke for like five awesome. minutes. There. That's, that's what you reminded me of there. So, I today's movie recommendation let's go to prison. Well, hey,
0: thanks for hanging out with us on the Carlos Correa anniversary. Um, Correa miss. I don't, Correa Christmas Correa miss. I don't know what you want to call it. But we'll see if the twins have something big up their collective sleeve here. Opening day is something like 45 days away or something. I don't know. It's
1: too soon. I'm not ready. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So, Anyway, this has been Locked On Twins. Thanks for hanging out with us. We've still got a bunch of players to get through. And, again, if the Twins would just make a signing outside of extending Kyle Farmer, who they still might trade, uh, we'd be happy to bring that to you. But in the meantime, uh, this paid advertising is uh, is all yours. So, for Answer Dave Brown, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying we will cassia tomorrow